Welcome to a pregame edition of the Bullers Extra podcast on this Saturday morning as uh, we get ready for Purdue at Minnesota at ross Aid Stadium. Uh, 3.30 kickoff or 3.35 to be precise according to the, the TV people. Uh, they'll get it underway this afternoon. Uh, at uh, at Purdue, uh, rain should clear. Had some rain overnight uh, in the area. Uh, some storms. But uh, I think other than maybe a, a stray shower, uh, around the game or later in the afternoon, I, I think everything will be uh, pretty well pretty well dry for the game. So that's your mini forecast. As uh, if you're if you're traveling uh, to West Lafayette or if you're in the tailgate lot or you know whatever you're doing to get ready for uh, Saturday's game. Big game for both teams. Uh, Big Ten opener uh, getting underway. Uh, both teams believe that they can make some noise in the Big Ten West. Uh, this season, and you really don't want to fall behind uh, 0-1 against a team that both believe that they they should be able to beat, and so that that kind of shapes up uh, the season for both teams uh, right there as they look ahead. Uh, you don't want to look back in late September and drop a game that you felt like you should have won. But I, you know, the betting line is uh, uh, Minnesota favored by a point and a half. That's probably due in part to uh, Elijah Sindelar and whether he was whether he's going to play today for for Purdue at quarterback, and we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, Purdue had opened at a about a one point favorite earlier in the week, but the money has shifted. I I saw uh, I think yesterday that Minnesota was favored by two and a half points at some places. Uh, this morning I checked, it's about a point and a half. So the money's moving around. I, I you know I think once they get some definite word. Uh, about Sindelar, uh, you know, I think you'll see this uh, the line settle down and probably uh, get to where it where it should be and where that should be. You know, it, it's it's anybody's guess. It depends on you know how you feel uh, about the game. But uh, this pre this uh, preview is just more of a three things to watch type of thing uh, as we get closer to kickoff. And the number one thing to watch would be Sindelar, uh, whether he plays or not. You know, I think he'll play. Uh, Purdue hasn't made an announcement, and they don't make an announcement on these things. You just watch pregame warm-ups, and you see uh, what the quarterbacks do and who they do it with, uh, and then uh, pretty much that's how uh, it gets determined who's going to be, uh, at least from a public standpoint, it becomes known who, who the starter is going to be. So I would encourage you to, to jump on Twitter probably an hour before the game and uh, check out the uh, – uh, the Victor Beach backside report uh, used to be the Kurt Barron backside report. Uh, that's that's usually been an indication uh, under Jeff Brom, uh, who, who who's going to take the first snap uh, during the game. And you know through the, through the week, and if you listen to the podcast earlier in the week, I mentioned this that Sindelar has done enough uh, things that the number one quarterback would do uh, in practice, whether it be walkthrough or some individual drills. You know, limited team stuff that we we were able to watch uh, that w- that would give the indication that uh, he would be the starter uh, for this game. He's coming off a concussion suffered against Vanderbilt on September seventh. Uh, he did practice the week of the TCU game, but then had a setback uh, on Thursday and had to st- start the concussion protocol again. So I think everything has everything points towards Sindelar starting this game. And playing, and I, you know, I think the Boilermakers need him. And not a knock against, uh, you know, Jack Plummer, uh, who had his first start against TCU. But Purdue needs some experience back there. Uh, they need Sindelar's arm. Uh, 
they just need they just need his overall presence back there and the threat to throw the ball deep uh, also comes into play uh, where if you can stretch the field you get the defense off of you a little bit and maybe you can uh, have a little bit of a running game uh, and that'll be something we addressed here address in a little bit so you know I think you know obviously the number one thing to watch in this game is the starting quarterback in Sindelar how he plays you know is kind of another factor because he is coming off a concussion is he going to be a little bit rusty um you know when he takes a hit you know how does that how does he regroup after something like that and how you know and also how smart he plays is he going to put his head down and, and try to get a yard or two when when maybe he shouldn't and so you know look at the play calling a little bit you know they they need they they need to protect him not just from an offensive line standpoint but they also need to protect him from a play calling standpoint and you know calling the quarterback draws that they called at Nevada may not be uh, the smartest thing to do uh, in this game, but you know we'll see how how all that plays out. Number, you know, the the second thing to watch, in my opinion, is just the line of scrimmage. You know, Purdue's offensive line has not been great. Uh, they they passed blocked pretty well. They've only given up, or the quarterbacks have only been sacked four times. Not all that goes on the offensive line, and not all of it goes on the quarterback. So it's a shared responsibility. But is the offensive line going to get a push in this game to potentially generate some yards on the ground? As you know, Purdue's just been woeful in the rushing game, only 150 yards in three games. That's the lowest of any FBS team in the country. Uh, They're not averaging very many yards per carry. Uh, But can this offensive line, and we might see a change or two on this offensive line, and the other key to this is getting Matt McCann back, um, you know, I, I think he'll probably play today based on, again, things that we saw in practice uh, and his progression from an ankle injury he suffered against Vanderbilt. You know, if he's ready to go, he'll start, he'll play, and the offensive line will look basically the same, I think, uh, that, that we've seen most of the year, but keep an eye on the left guard position. Alex Criddle has started there the first three games, but Purdue has worked some other guards in there during practice. Uh, Jimmy McKenna is one. Would they would they move Mark Stickford, who filled in for McCann at right guard, over to left guard? Uh, DJ Washington is a guy that Jeff Brom mentioned earlier in the week as somebody they want to see more of and see what he can do. So you, you might see some different bodies in there. And even if, you know, Criddle may start, but you might see, might see more rotation uh, at the at the left guard spot to you know as Purdue tries to build s- some depth here on the offensive line and try to figure out who can play and Jeff has said and I would agree with him that the difference between the number one offensive line and the number two offensive line is probably not that great now I, I think you take in consideration that Hermans and McCann are your two best offensive linemen uh, there is a difference between those two and then everybody else. So, you know, when you get past Hermans and McCann, you've got a, a guys, a bunch of guys that are kind of equal in ability, and you could see throughout the year you're just going with someone who has practiced well, is picking up what needs to be done, and going with the hot hand, if there's such a thing, on the offensive line. Uh, so you need to watch the interior, I think, a little bit today on both sides of the ball. I know we've touched a lot on the offensive side, but defensive line also needs to come to play today. I think they have a quickness advantage over Minnesota's big offensive line. This is a line that 
totals about 1,700 pounds in, in weight. Um, they're big. They can swallow you up um, and just kind of knock you off your track. But if you if you get your quickness going, and I think Purdue has some quickness uh, compared to Minnesota with, with George Karloftis on, on the edge, uh, Anthony Watts inside, um, you know, Lawrence Johnson is big, but he moves pretty well. And then a guy that I think could – make a play or two in this game is Branson Dean. He's a, he's a backup. He can play all positions on the, on the defensive line. And if he can use his quickness and speed to make some negative plays in the backfield, you know, that's going to be a plus for Purdue. So, you know, you need to watch both, both, uh, both lines on both teams to see how, you know, who's, who's winning that battle. If Purdue can get some push, um, you know, in the running game and, you know, get some yards, especially short yardage situations. You know, I think that's going to be a step forward uh, for them. Third thing to watch, uh, in my opinion, is just how how does Brom use Jackson Anthrop in the running game? Uh, you know, he's splitting his time now between receiver and running back. He's primarily a receiver. I, you know, I think that's where he'll line up most uh, in the game. But where do they use him? Do they use him in short yardage situations? Do they use him uh, in other and other areas uh, that that maybe they wouldn't traditionally use a running back, and I, you know, I think what they're looking for in moving Jackson Anthrop to uh, a, probably a less than a part-time role in this situation is just a little bit more toughness, uh, a little bit more quickness, and just you know, I think Jackson, although he hasn't played running back a lot in college, he just he brings a quality and experience at that position that I don't think. Xander Horvath has, and obviously the freshman that they've been using, King Daru, uh, this is their first their first year. Now, granted, Jackson's experience comes at the high school level, similar to all the other backs, but he just he has something about him that um, you know I think that the the coaching staff sees that maybe they can help in the situation. I, they're not expecting an 80 yard run from from Anthrop, although I think they would take it. Uh, I think they're just looking for someone that will put their nose in there, see the hole quickly, get to it, and get two, three, four yards. And Or if that hole is, is clogged up on the inside, quickly bounce it out, get outside the tackles, and, and pick up some gains. You know, Purdue only has uh, four, play, four runs of 10 yards or more this year, and all those are by Horvath. And, you know, they need some production. This is not a, again, this is not a team that's going to lean on the run to win a game. They're not going to rush it 50 times in, in a single game. So their their strength is passing. That's not going to change, and they're going to use the pass to win games. But you need you need some running game to to help keep the defense from from swallowing up your line, your wide receivers on every play. And that's what TCU did. They didn't respect Purdue uh, running the ball, so they just they they took care of the pass. And, you know, and, you know, Jack Plummer had, had difficulties putting the ball in tight windows, which you understand in his first start. So, uh, you know, how, how, how does the, how does the coaching staff use Anthrop? How much do they use him? It just be, it would be curious to see. And I think that's really something interesting uh, to watch what kind of role he's going to play uh, in this game along, you know, he'll, he'll play receiver. He'll, he'll do his normal special teams uh, stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm really curious how that works out. And Purdue needs to convert some of those short yardage situations that they didn't do against TCU, which 
led to the defense being on the field for for more than 40 minutes and you you just can't do that so those are kind of three things to watch for the game today as uh, as you get ready for Purdue and Minnesota again it's a it's kind of a you know I don't want to say a statement game or a cross crossroads game type thing but you know Purdue can get this get back to two and two you know get a division win you know granted the the schedule doesn't get any easier uh, as you as you march forward in the big ten season but you, you take care of a home game uh, and I think Purdue needs to do that based on you know you look at the schedule of where they have to go you know you're looking at going to Penn State Iowa Northwestern Wisconsin you know they've got they've got a really difficult road schedule in the Big Ten, so it's it's imperative they take care of their home games. And Minnesota's kind of thinking the same way, same thing. Where if they can get a a win over Purdue, they if you look at their future schedule, they got a chance to uh, to pile up some wins here. I think if uh, if things break uh, for them, and they could be six, seven, maybe eight and zero oh, as you as they hit November, and could be one of these under the radar teams. Uh, uh, in the country, but, you know, I think the, you know, Minnesota, I think we're still trying to figure out how good they are. Same with Purdue because of who they've played and how close those games have been. And, you know, it's one thing to be in close games, but it's another thing to be in close games against quality competition. You know, Fresno was, is a good opponent, uh, somebody that will Purdue will play down the line in the next, uh, you know, five or six years. Uh, and that game went to double overtime. So, you know, a lot of intrigue in this game, a lot of a lot of questions about each team. I think some of those questions will probably be answered uh, today, not all of them. Uh, so there you go. We appreciate you, you stopping, uh, stopping by to check out the, the pregame podcast. And a uh, reminder, you can uh, follow uh, on JC Online during the game. We'll have updates uh, on the website. And then uh, hopefully after the game, uh, we'll do a postgame podcast uh, with uh, Sam King. Uh, as as we'll wrap up uh, today's uh, today's action and uh, touch on what happened also uh, in the Big Ten. If you have questions, email them mcarman uh, at uh, gannett.com, uh, or you can hit me up on Twitter uh, at carmen uh, underscore uh, jc, and be more than happy to to take your questions for uh, post game podcast uh, tonight or for next week's podcast. Uh, as we get into starting to prepare for uh, for Penn State uh, next week, and Purdue hasn't played Penn State in uh, several years, so you know that will be inter- and Penn State was quite impressive last night. In case you didn't uh, see it or hear it, uh, they walloped Maryland, and walloped is a kind word, 59 to nothing, and that's that's scary because Maryland showed the first couple weeks that they could really put up some points, and they uh, they really didn't have an answer for for Penn State's defense or nor their offense on on Friday night. But anyway, uh enjoy the game and uh we'll we'll be back afterwards with the post game edition of the Boilers Extra podcast.